Welcome to Kanza Radio, a weekly update on the people, events, activities, and initiatives of the Kahn Nation, people of the South Wind, on 1230 WBBZ and 1047 The Bull. Now from the Kahn Nation Studios, this week's edition of Kanza Radio. Good morning and welcome to Kanza Radio. I'm Lyman James. And this morning, Lonnie Doyle is going to be speaking with Andrew Means and will bring you the first part of a two-part series with Kat Long from the Ponca City Development Authority right here on Kanza Radio on 1047 The Bull and 1230 WBVZ. We have Andrew Means with us. Once again, we do periodic updates with him. He's always got developments with his department, social services, the different ways that we help our tribal citizens. Thanks, Lonnie. I appreciate you having us on again. I imagine you're getting a little bit excited with football season right around the corner. You're Man, I'm chomping at the bit, brother. Two weeks out. You going to go to that first game? I think so. I think we're going to be playing Arkansas State. Looks like the first game. Gonna, well, that's the first game we'll be playing. The first home game should be uh, SMU. So I, I believe I'm going to try and get to that one. I know you made it to a handful of games last season, so you gotta you got to keep the tradition going. You got uh, to. You go with your dad. He's got some, some season tickets out there? Yep, got three season tickets. We've been doing it for the last few years. Just a good family get-together, try and get together. Him and uh, my brother and I, we try and get to a few home games every year and get out of town and just enjoy ourselves, man. You can't beat that. So last time we spoke, we covered a few things going on in your department. One of the things you were looking to do, you weren't quite sure about it yet, is you wanted to expand the back-to-school program. It's the school clothing program. Mm -hmm. Years previous, that was something that was mainly available to people in the local service area. Yep. And what you were wanting to do was expand that and make that available to tribal citizens essentially across the country. And good news, here we are. You were able to get that going. This year is actually the first time that this program is available regardless of where they live, where they're at. I believe you're moving right along with that. Um, we've got a couple weeks left in that program, correct? Yep, we got a few weeks left. Last time we spoke about it, we were still in the process of really trying to get it approved through Tribal Council, and uh, we did end up getting it approved. So it is nationwide now, where every call nation citizen, tribal youth from pre-K through 12th grade um, is eligible to receive, we're doing $150 Visa gift cards this year, in which we're either mailing them out or giving you the option to come pick them up if you're local. So that's been great. It's really big news for us. I know we've had a lot of uh, tribal families that have been able to benefit from that and have been very excited about that because they have not been able to receive those services in the, in the past. We're very excited about that. It's been keeping us very busy. We started the program on July 15th and we've had oh roughly 200 to 220 applicants already receiving about 15 to 20 applications a day. So paperwork just keeps piling up. <laughs> And that goes through until September 1st, correct? Is that the correct. final day that you'll accept applications? That is. That's the final day that we'll accept applications. And all the applications that, that we received this year, we're requesting that everybody send them in by mail. We're not accepting them through email or from fax or coming in and handing us to them in person. The biggest thing is we want to have a way to track that and show which family sent in what so that we have that for our records. We know who has come in and who has sent in for that program. Make it official with the mail. Yeah, and that's a little different than a lot of the other programs you're doing right now because a lot of what we've been talking about and working on in our last few interviews is how a lot of your programs you can apply for online. This is not the case. You actually need to print it off the website. You need to fill it out in person, and you need to mail it in. You need to submit it to Andrew via mail. All the information on that's on the homepage. There's a link to it on the homepage of connation.gov. You can also see a little more about it if you go to the social services page within the website. 
That's correct. And I will say there was a little bit of confusion initially when we started the program. We initially had income verifications that we put on this program. However, those were lifted a few days after we started the program up. So if there's anybody out there that is confused on that or believes that they may not be able to receive those gift cards for their kids, just a heads up, those income verifications have been lifted and you are very much eligible to still apply and send that over to us where we can get that kicked out to you guys before the deadline. So really the only requirement is that the child is in school, correct? Accurate. Yep, that's exactly accurate. So basically anybody that's pre-K through 12th grade, as long as they're between those ages or between those grades, they are eligible to receive that nationwide. I know you guys are busy not only with this, but I imagine that you're still getting applications for a lot of your other services and programs that you offer. Definitely. It's not like people are going to take a break on nope. that either. So Never do. Working overtime. We appreciate everything you're doing. Yeah, this is really good. I mean, we're always trying to figure out ways to empower our students, you know, create more educational opportunities for the tribal citizens. And this is just another step in that direction. And you were at the forefront of this. This was a goal that you personally had. And this is just another development within the department that you've basically instituted since you've been the director. You've been doing an incredible job there. I appreciate it. Well, um, speaking on that, Lonnie, uh, this year we... We kind of had the idea, we wanted to make it nationwide, for one, but we also wanted to try and, you know, like you said, empower our call nation citizens that are um, working towards their education. So one of the things that we're looking towards in the future, and just like this year, it'll have to be a, a situation where it gets approved through tribal council, we would really like to see next year the ability to not only help our call nation citizens that are enrolled from pre-K to 12th grade, but also our uh, call nation citizens that are continuing their education through college and hopefully be able to help them out the same way through this program for all of our college students. Um, we're not entirely sure what that would look like yet, but that is what we're, what we're working towards at this point, hoping to just continue to help out as much as we can and once again empower our tribal youth to continue to further their education. And a lot of these efforts you're making, it's an incredible complement, an incredible supplement to the efforts of the Ka Nation Human Development Division. Correct. They do a lot of work with students. They have a lot of incentives and programs and ways that they can help pre-K through 12 as well as continuing education. We do a, a lot of work with college students, people going to universities. I notice it around this time every year when we're doing the newsletter and I'm putting that newsletter together, I get all sorts of incredible stories forwarded to me from human development about people that have graduated. We have people that are getting their doctorates. We're having people that are getting their law degrees and everything in between. And it's just an incredible thing to see. So anybody listening to this, realizing that the social services program has this school clothing program and everything else they offer, also feel free to look into the human development and everything they're doing over there. They provide gifts and prizes for people with good attendance. They help with different types of costs and expenses for people in college. So caps and gowns, I know that that's something that they try and help out with. Yeah, people the that caps are graduating. and gowns for people graduating. School uh, supplies, they do that. They have their Johnson O'Malley program that helps uh, students through school and I believe helps them receive tutoring as well. Tutoring's available. We just did an article on a gentleman that graduated 
law school, and he was sure to mention without Car Nation, it, it really wouldn't have been possible. He would, they helped him with different costs of living. They're really just doing a lot over there. So that's great. Anything that we can do to help out our, our tribal citizens, that's really that's what we're here for. Social services in general, that's that's what we want. You know, we want our our tribal citizens to feel like they have a place to go when they're going through uh, an emergency situation or they they run into a tight spot and they need need some help. We all have been there. We've all been in those tight uh, situations and don't be afraid to reach out. I know it can be really difficult. I'm I'm pretty prideful myself. I don't like to ask for help, so I understand it. But we all go through those those times that are tough, and we want to make sure that. Everyone knows what we have to offer and, and to let everyone know to not, not be afraid to reach out to us, that we understand and, and we'll do whatever we can to help. Absolutely, yeah. You always like to let people know that your door's open, your phone's available, you can be emailed, you can be reached out to through the website. You want to hear more from the tribal citizens. You want to know the different things they're facing, the different challenges, the things they need. A lot of people think that they won't qualify for something or a lot of people think that the help they need might not be available not only do you with your program offer a spectrum of services and ways to help, but you have connections throughout the community. You have different directions you can send people in. Definitely. We have different departments even within Caw Nation that are designed to do just that. So please, for any reason, feel free to reach out to Andrew, reach out to Fallon. She's also in that department. And that's what they're there for. That's what they want to do. That's their passion. They want to help people. So, Absolutely. If anyone ever has any questions or they ever uh, feel like they're in a tight spot and they want to know if there's any kind of services that, that we can help with, feel free to give us a call. Our telephone number is 580-269-1186. You can also reach me at my work cell. It's 580-304-6144. Or you can reach us direct by email. Uh, my email is SS, short for social services, DIR, short for director, at callnation.gov, or you can reach my assistant, Fallon, at SSASST, short for assistant, at callnation.gov. Um, those would be the best ways to reach us. If you ever have any questions or you ever feel like you're in a tight spot, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We're more than happy to help, and we look forward to hearing from you. You can also learn a lot about their programs on their webpage, connation.gov slash social hyphen services. You can also find a link to that page just from the homepage of connation.gov. Again, thank you, Andrew, for coming in, updating us. That's an incredible success story with your ability to expand the school clothing program this year. I look forward to many more years of helping the tribal citizens in that regard, and we'll be touching base with you soon to hear about further developments. This is Kanza Radio, a service of the Kaw Nation of Oklahoma. Sitting down with us today, we have Catherine Long. She's with the Ponca City Development Authority. I've heard people refer to you as Cat as well. Is there a preference there? Uh, Catherine's fine. Cat yells better. So, oh, nice. <laughs> if somebody's trying to get my attention, Cat is yeah. just it. It makes your your head turn. So, I also answer occasionally to Pat when people are yelling that. But yeah, Catherine's the given name, and um, quite easily. Cat is just easier to yell. It's it's shorter. It's it's but perfect. Business card wise, it's Catherine. Nice. Okay. Yeah, you've got the you've kind of got the professional version, and then you've got the quick, easy to use version. I have the the same thing. Sometimes I'll be in the store, and a little kid will be yelling out "Mommy," and my name's Lonnie, so I I turn to that one pretty often. So understood. So a little background on you. 
Ponca City Development Authority, the website refers to you as the gardener. Yes. I, I thought that was a really neat metaphor. It actually applies very well to all the things you do. But I was actually wondering, is that a, is that a real hobby of yours? Are you a bit of a horticulturalist in your, yes. in your spare time? I actually am a gardener. Um, I call myself the backyard gardener. I write an article for the Punk City Monthly. Okay. And that's kind of something I started doing 10, 11 years ago. But the gardener term comes from growing your own. Mm-hmm. So a gardener basically takes a, a plot of land and starts growing their own food, flowers, you know, whatever that person is into. Well, with me, it's growing our own businesses. Mm-hmm. So I've always had a soft spot ever since I was with the library in Tulsa for small business. And knowledge is power. Information gets you to that next point. And a lot of small businesses struggle because they don't have enough information. They don't have enough planning. And what I do is I help them get over that initial hump of what kind of business is this going to be? What's your price point going to be? How are we going to build this small business? What's your end product? How are you going to exit this business? And a lot of times people are like, well, well I'm never going to leave it. And I'm like, what if somebody offers you money? Yeah, exit isn't always a bad thing. People no. refer to that as, like, does that mean I'm going out of business? No, exit can be a really good cool thing. thing. Yeah. Yes. Especially if you realize that you like the beginnings. You like to start things, but you don't necessarily want to run them. So having an exit strategy between three and five years means that you value your business. You know the value of your business. Mm -hmm. And if somebody comes up and says, hey, I could do this, you go, great. Here's the cost on the building. Here's the cost on the business itself because here's my customer base. Mm -hmm. And I'll throw in six months where I help train you or a year, however long you want to do it. But that is an exit strategy. And we talk about that. If this is something you want to leave to your children, then you might want to talk to your children if they're going to want this to be left to them. So again, exit strategies, sometimes you need multiple of them just because that's what you're looking at. But that's the gardening end of what I do. Oh, wow. It's called economic gardening. Okay, so you're kind of on the economic development side of the development authority there. I'm very much on the small business development side. Okay. So, and keep in mind that the small business administration at the federal level defines small business as any business with under 500 employees. Yeah, it can still be a sizable business. There you go. But And you can grow really fast, but you have to be ready to grow really fast. And you have to be ready for an order of five or an order of 5,000 to scale your business appropriately. Because with the internet, with the World Wide Web, you you could be front and center very, very easily in Australia. To a global audience immediately. Exactly. And they're going to go, hey, that would be really cool for market, which is three months down the road, but we need 5,000 of those. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, what else are you going to say? And then you have to be fleet of feet and go, how are we going to scale up? If you've already thought about those things, then you can. I always think of the commercial. I don't know who it was, but their, their website goes live and they're watching the people click and the orders click and it's one, two, three hundred. 500, oh 1,000, and then you have a different problem. Yeah, so, it goes from, you can probably see their face go from excited to after a while they start getting very concerned. <laughs> it almost becomes doom. Yep. So that's kind of what I help people do. And again, the gardening part is you, you grow your own. You grow your own businesses within the community that you are in. That reminds me of one of those crowdfunding websites. There was a, a cooler. It was like a smart cooler that killed it. They got a bunch of funding up front. A bunch of people basically made a commitment to buy this cooler once the business is up and running. 
and it turned into a nightmare. They actually ended up not being able to honor all the orders from the crowdfunding website, but somehow they were able to skip directly to selling on Amazon, though. So they had this whole crowd of people that were very unhappy yes. with them, and they had kind of, yeah, so I can only imagine some of the some of the challenges that you face when it comes to, like you said, growing your own. Now, you and I, we originally met attending the K County Healthy Living Coalition meetings. I was fortunate enough to be invited by the wonderful OSU community wellness team. You've got Marcy, Jamila, Chuck, Cherie. They do a great job. They're, they're out there battling the, the damages of substance abuse in K County, and I was really happy to be invited. There are actually a good number of influential community members that attend these K County Healthy Living Coalition meetings, and I know that you are one of the main driving forces behind it. I can tell that you do a lot of help organizing the meetings themselves and dealing with a lot of the overall initiatives of the coalition. Can you tell us a little bit more about that coalition and, and the work that's being done there? Sure. This started out of the TSET grant, uh, the Tobacco Settlement Grant for the state of Oklahoma, which is run through the Oklahoma State University education area. And I've been with TSET and the Healthy Living Community for, I think we're going on, I mean, I was there from the start. Because again, one of the things, and this harkens back to the gardening, you can't grow anything if you have bad soil. Mm -hmm. So if you have bad soil, if you have a bad growing environment, you have to do stuff to amend it. You have to put things in to get things out. And this is one of those things we put in. Kay County and a lot of other communities in Ponk City have problems with obesity, you have a high smoke rate, you have high heart disease. And that's a lot of getting away from growing your own food and figuring out where your own produce and your your meat and all of those things come from. And that's kind of things that I'm worried about. Mm -hmm. Because I live in the community. I want the community. I don't want to have to leave. I don't want to have to go to Wichita or Tulsa or Oklahoma City. I want to be able to go shopping here. I want to be able to know my farmers and my producers and say, hey, I need blank. Mm -hmm. And they'll go, sure, I've got that in the freezer. Or, yeah, we're going to be harvesting that here in a couple of weeks. We'll get you, you know, then here's the price point. So in a lot of ways, what I do with small business also helps me to live a healthier life and help other people to live healthier lives. And that's what this is all about. It's about supporting people where they're at to be healthier in the community that we live in. Kind of a fundamental approach where if you want a community to flourish, not only on the economic side, you need to make sure that people are making healthy decisions all the way at the core level. And if they don't want to make healthy decisions, then people in their family can still make healthy decisions or kids can make healthy decisions. A lot of times you get second generation, third generation Hispanics or second, third generation Marshall Islands or people that have moved to the States and end up in our community for whatever reason. They are surrounded now by food. They're surrounded by choices. And sometimes they just make those choices. Mm -hmm. So your second and third generation pays for it. But then they're also the ones that are looking at what can I do differently so that I don't have the health problems my parents have. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where we're at. I'm second generation. My mother is from Peru, South America. So the standard American diet doesn't work for me. I really need to be eating goat and potatoes (laughs) because that's what the mountain people eat. Or I need to be eating fish and green that's what the people close to the water eat. Absolutely. So the standard American diet doesn't really work for me. Um, But being a gardener, fruits and veggies work for just about everybody, especially those that are grown here locally, because you know, if you grow them locally, you should be eating them locally. And I kind of have a rule in my yard. If it doesn't survive, it doesn't thrive. So it gets pulled out. Mm -hmm. Like I've been talking to this plum tree. This is off topic, but I've been talking to this plum tree that I have in my yard that I planted four or five years ago. 
and it's had disease, it's had problems. I'm like, I'm taking you out, taking you out this year. I'm going to cut you down. Well, this year I've got shoots coming off of it that look healthy. So I'm working around those. I'm looking into how you graft Mm -hmm. plums and pears and in these different stone fruits and things together. So there's a possibility that on my new nectarine tree, I might be able to graft my plum onto the nectarine tree. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and again, these are the deep dives that we do when we're looking at stuff that really entertains us and, and enthralls us mm-hmm. is you start looking at these different things. There's a guy out in California and he's got every stone fruit imaginable on one tree. He's grafted them all oh, onto wow. this tree. I'm like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. I mean, yeah. You know, it's very much if you can do anything, I can do better. Hey, and you said that was off topic, but I feel like that applies very much to a lot of the work you do professionally as well, you know. And if there's a way to do it and there's a way to do it better or faster or more, how do I put this? If there's a way to do it that works better for this person, mm-hmm. let's figure out what that is because everyone is different. Everyone sees things and does things differently. So you have to kind of look at what is, what does your day look like as opposed to what does my day look like? You know, I'm a night person that gets up early to do business on the balcony, but a day person who gets up early anyway is like, oh, there's a breakfast thing for me. Mm-hmm. I've been up for two hours. I can go eat breakfast now. And I'm like, you've been up for two hours. Is that a normal thing? So you you, you kind of have to go where those people are, which is one of the reasons we do that. And the Healthy Living Community group here in Kay County goes where those people are. Mm-hmm. It, it, it takes people to, we were talking about with the substance abuse and things like that, it goes to where those people are and helps them mm-hmm. for those that want the help. And then the same goes for the healthy living. When we do events, when there's runs, when you see the TSET group out there, it's usually to assist and to get healthy snacks out there and the information out there to people in the community. And I love that, going to people where they're at. Yes, kind of taking what you have geographically and making the best of it wherever you might be. That actually reminds me, because I know that you do a lot of work with other resources in the community, you know, for entrepreneurs, budding businesses such as Chamber of Commerce, Pioneer Technology Center. It really seems like there's a healthy ecosystem of resources and organizations in the area that kind of have that common goal of economic growth. So at this point, kind of where we stand right now, how would you say Kay County, specifically the Ponca City area is in terms of being a destination for current or would-be business owners? Well, we just moved. um, We had a ribbon cutting for a company called Trailer Butler, and they moved here from Las Vegas. And I was talking to the owner, Troy, his mom, who is selling her house in Las Vegas and moving here. Mm. So it's kind of like if anybody remembers the Brex hair shampoo commercial, you know, two people tell two more people tell two more people. And suddenly you have all of these people who are like, well, maybe I need to move there. And coming out of COVID, I believe that a lot of people are looking to maybe not downsize so much as they're they're wanting to simplify their lives. They're wanting to not have to be in traffic for one or two hours to get to destination A. And, you know, when you've got three stoplights in five minutes from one point to the next, I like that. I like that a lot. I came from Tulsa. You know, the community we have here is very eclectic in some ways, but it's very cohesive in other ways. The chamber works with the city. Pioneer Technology Center works with the other education. Your elementary through your secondary. NOC's right there in the middle of it in in Tonkwa. And 
everybody kind of plays really well with each other. In fact, one of the things we find going to conferences and talking to other communities is how do you guys get along? That is the big question. How do you guys get along? Well, we're very careful because you you have good partners if you acknowledge that they are good partners mm-hmm. and you don't step on toes and you do have that open communication and you make sure that your partners know what you're trying to do and you understand what your partners are trying to do. We are always there for our cohorts at the chamber. They are your representatives for small business. They are your advocates for industry as far as politics go and bills and things that might impact our smaller communities. Mm -hmm. And looking at the rural economy, the city very much understands infrastructure and what it needs to do to grow slowly and to support what it already has. And Ponca City Development Authority is here as an arm of the city, as a trust of the city, to bring in businesses, but also to grow our businesses here. So it's not about the next big announcement. The next big announcement may be Dorada hiring 100 people, Mm -hmm. but we don't want to bring in another food processor because that's going to take away from our already existing food processors people. So that's not what we're looking at, but we are going to support Dorada if they say we need to hire 100 people. Well, now we're on workforce development where are we going to find 100 people? What manufacturer, food manufacturer has closed recently? Where can we go and we can bring those people in? Where are they going to live? Where are their children going to go to school or daycare? Those are all the mechanisms of growing your own in the community, and that's what PCDA is. So with a lot of the work that you're doing with existing businesses, budding businesses, looking to bring new businesses out here and grow the existing ones, what type of advice would you have for the tribal citizens in our community that might be looking to go down that entrepreneurial path? Where would somebody get started? Is there like a, a first step that you would advise, maybe a website or someone to reach out to? There's a lot of first steps, just depending on what you're looking at. If you have a great idea, but you're not sure where to go next, you kind of need to quantify that idea. Is it brick and mortar? Is it online? Is it patent worthy? So is it something, is it a widget? Is it something that you want to put together? And do you need a prototype made? So all of those things are things we can help you and direct you. I've got a great guy named Lawrence Belial in my office who works with the widget makers. Mm-hmm. And he, that he's kind of our claim to fame to attracting companies like Trailer Butler, who have a product. Product that has a lot of pieces to it. So to make one of their pieces for this particular, it, and Trailer Butler is it's a camper or a boat assisting moving device. So you don't have to move it on a car and it's controllable from a handheld or a phone and it can move your trailer into a garage without having to worry about a truck or a car. Oh, wow. It's really cool. If you if you want to see it, find us on YouTube at Ponca City Development Authority. And I have a video of him explaining how it works at the ribbon cutting. It is so cool. But Trailer Butler. So our claim to fame is that we have Lawrence Belial, who has worked for Smith. He has worked for Pioneer Technology Center. He's done development for a lot of, he's a Six Sigma black belt, which means he can look at stuff and go, there's a better way to do that. Mm-hmm. Lean manufacturing, all of those things. Well, he looked at Trailer Butler and said, you know, we can make this faster. We can do some castings on this. Let me help you redesign it. So he's basically taken them from a 12-hour job to make this one piece to a 30-minute job to make this one piece. Wow. Yeah. So talk about cost savings. Yes. Trailer Butler 2.0 already on the way. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's incredible. And those are the things that we can help your company do. So back to a startup business. Again, identify what it is you want to do. If you have something that has been 
just kind of gelling in your head for a while and it's a widget and you want to see if it's possible to make or is it already out there, we can help you with some market research. You can sit down and you can talk to that or you can just go online and Google what you think the name of this would be and see what comes up in those different things or go to Amazon and, and type that in and see what you can do and just use a little different verbiage every time you do it. You might find that it already exists. You might find something that exists that's not quite the same. Yours is better. Yeah. If yours is better, yes, the next step is to get a prototype done and to copyright, trademark, or patent the idea, the drawings, whatever that next step is. Now, if you've got a business model that you're looking at, aesthetic state of mind, a med spa here in Ponca City. Mm -hmm. This is something she wanted to do. This was a nurse. She saw the problems with people doing medical procedures, Botox, facials, any of those types of things that could have medical ramifications two or three days down the road. Mm -hmm. So they would go to Tulsa, Oklahoma City, Dallas. They would get the procedure done. They would come back to their home and in a couple of days, if they had problems, they are way far away from where the clinic was. So she wanted to start one here in Ponca City. And she did the pitch off, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. It's a business plan pitch off. It's a shark tank. It's a mini shark tank. And she did that, solidified her business plan. She started a very public in-your-face business at the beginning of a pandemic. And she has grown exponentially. If you can survive starting a business during the lockdown, during the pandemic, you might just want to start 10 of them because that's a strong model. Absolutely. And so, but she was able to get some of the equipment that she didn't think she was going to be able to get until her third or fourth year, her first year for half price, because guess what? Everybody was locked down. They were looking to offload product. Mm -hmm. She got some really good prices on some equipment come out of lockdown and she's already got her client base. She's already got her membership base. She expanded her business second year. And so she went from 1000 square feet to 2000 square feet. She opened her third business third location of the... No, no, no. Third business. So she is a proprietor. She owns a business in Oklahoma City. She opened Aesthetic State of Mind in 2020. She just opened Oklahoma Infusion Clinic with a partner right next to her med spa. And so she's taking patients as far as infusions go. So people who have basically an IV medicine once a month, once Mm -hmm. a quarter, that's who she's looking at. Well, Kat, thank you so much for sitting down. You are incredible at this. I hope we can do this again in the future, sit down and maybe revisit afterwards on this on this business plan pitch off. Absolutely. Thank you so much and we'll talk to you soon. Uh-huh. That's part one of Lonnie Doyle's interview with Cat Long from Ponca City Development Authority. Tune in again next week, same time, when we'll present part two of this conversation. You've been listening to Conza Radio, a weekly update on the people, events, activities, and services of the Con Nation. For more information, visit our website at connation.com or Con Nation on Facebook. Listen again next week at this same time for another edition of Kanza Radio.